Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we're going to have a look at how my team got on in game week 8, which of course feels like a very long time ago. But more importantly, we're going to have a look at what my plans are for game week 9. That's right, the international break, the October edition is nearly at an end uh, and uh, yeah, couldn't come sooner, uh, game week 9, to be honest. And uh, yeah, here we are getting ready for that Saturday, 11am UK time deadline. It's back and we're ready to pick our teams for that deadline. But there is lots to talk about, lots of decisions to make. I know some of you are on wildcards, for example. Been lots of talk about making sure you've got the right captain. How many transfers should we spend on making that happen? Should we keep Spurs players? Should we trust Wolves players? Lots and lots of questions swirling about. And so I thought I'd try and cut through a lot of that noise by letting you know what I'm thinking of doing with my team because it's not just about all those questions with me. I've only got a very few specific issues, so it's a much easier job than going into all those other questions. However, don't worry, we've got all of them covered across the Fantasy Football Scout brand over the last couple of weeks, whether it's articles, videos, or podcasts that you follow us on. Um, We've got coverage across all of those. It should help answer some of those questions for you. So go back over the YouTube channel, on the podcast especially, um, as in I know what we've got there, because I've been the one making it. So uh, if you have a look for Pedro Neto, Cole Palmer, a couple of transfer tips around Man United as well. Uh, We've looked at captaincy with the general. Go back and have a look on the Game Week 9 and the October International Break uh, playlist. And if there's anything that's not covered here, because it doesn't really affect my team, you can be sure that it will be covered there. And hopefully you'll have your questions answered. Now, before we get much further, as always, there's a bit of housekeeping to do. And we'll start off with the membership because I have it on good authority that time is running out for you to get that 30% discount on those pre-season prices for membership. A lot of the numbers that I talk through on these videos, of course, are from the members area. And so if you ever feel like you need a break from my voice or my face when accessing this information then membership is a good way to sort that out because then you can have a look answer these questions on your own without the need for me now also we have a message from our sponsor this video is sponsored by betway the principal betting partners of west ham and of brighton on fridays they announced the heroes of the weekend bet 10 pounds on player markets top score of the heroes and they will credit a one pound free bet for every point up to 20 pounds betway also running giveaways including shirts and tickets for west ham and brighton we know that not everyone gambles and that's something we take very seriously which is why on our website we have a filter that you can turn on which allows you to opt out of gambling ads for those who do do so responsibly and safely there's more info on betway in the description you have to be 18 or over to play and we encourage everybody to gamble responsibly and to be gambleaware.org when the fun stops stop now let's move back on to how my team got on in game week 8 which does feel like a long time ago and don't worry i'm not going to spend too long on this because i appreciate it was a while ago but it's just to give you an idea of where my team is at so i had turner in goal for six points anderson in goal for six points it was the most cheered nil nil I've ever been a part, ever been involved in, to be honest, in terms of covering that. I was very, very happy, even if it made some people genuinely ill with how boring it was. Uh, Van de Ven got me 15 points, a lot of jam there. I had some people ask me what thought process went into having him, wondering if perhaps I'd unpicked some hidden piece of information about him. Well, it simply was that I couldn't afford Udogi or Poro, and I thought I was going into that game week a little bit shorthanded with just the centre-back who'd had one shot in the last four matches, so I got very lucky there. I will appreciate that. Two points from Cash, six from Madison, two from Mbermo, two for Diaby, 
15 from Salah, 6 for Son as my captain, so 3 really, uh, Alvarez 2, Haaland 2, and then it was Flecken, Archer, Estupin, and a Botman on the bench. Now, it has been a difficult time of injuries of late, and I did come into this game week littered with flags, uh, and I resolved a couple of them. Uh, by getting rid of Chilwell to get Van de Ven. And then, uh, of course, um, I, I moved on uh, one of my other midfielders to get to Son. Uh, it was Saka, of course. Uh, so injury flags on both of those. Felt that they were unlikely to be involved in game week eight. Neither of them were. So I'm quite happy with how that went. I mean, certainly with Van de Ven. I was up, I think, 21 points because Saka and Chilwell weren't involved. Now, the question is what my plan is now that I don't have Saka. So here is my game week 19 at the moment. And to be honest, I'm not going to get Saka back in yet, I don't think, because I'd like to wait until game week 10. And game week 10, as we're going to have a look at in a minute, because we're going to have a look at the fixtures, I think there's more opportunities to swing towards a different direction for my team now than there would be uh, in game week 10 than there would be now because of the way that the fixtures have lined up. So I'm hoping that I can roll a transfer to enable me to do a little bit of minor surgery to get Saka back into my team however standing in the way of maybe being able to do that at the moment is one Newcastle defender in the shape of Sven Botman so what you'll see on the screen right now is my team as I've currently got it for game week nine with Botman in the starting 11 but with an orange flag he's currently at 50% so what that means for the rest of the team I've gone for Turner over Flecken in goal Botman van der Ven Cash Madison and Bermo Diaby Salasson as the midfield five, Alvarez and Haaland up front with the armband on the Norwegian, and then a bench of Archer, Anderson and Stupinian. So that's what I'm looking at at the moment. Now, the problem is that I've got is that if Botman is unable to play in game week nine in this home game against Crystal Palace, then I'm a little bit short-staffed because that would mean having to, if I wanted to roll my transfer, I would have to bring Anderson off the bench and start him away against Newcastle. Now, Crystal Palace's defence has been very good this year, but Newcastle's attack has been exceptionally good. Anderson has rewarded me a number of times in situations I didn't expect him to, had him since the summer, had him since game week one, so it's been nice to have him around getting these 15 pointers away at Man United places you don't expect it to happen but if there's place I really 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 don't expect it to happen it is St James's Park where Newcastle have been particularly good this season so I don't really want to have to rely on that now if Botman is ruled out then I am going to have to start making uh, decisions about whether or not starting an Anderson who might even get negative points against Newcastle the way that they are attacking this season whether or not that's really worth the two free transfers going into next week um and yeah, at the moment, I'm fairly confident that I'm going to be okay because the latest update from Botman, we haven't heard from Eddie Howe yet, but reading on the Newcastle Chronicle uh, in the last few days, uh, Botman has posted on his social media to say that he is going to be coming back stronger than ever and seems like in a, in a positive place uh, it, during the international break. And the suggestion seems to be that as soon as he's fit, he will walk back into the team. So that's good news for me, but I do really need Eddie Howe uh, to confirm it. If he doesn't, then I may have to look at the fixtures and think about what defenders I want moving forward. So I'll just quickly switch to the season ticker now. Uh, and it is a bit of a tricky one. It is a bit of a it is a bit of a difficult situation working out who to move him towards. Aston Villa top the season ticker for the next six, but I've already got a Villa defender in cash. West Ham are second uh, in this run, uh, but they uh, have a very leaky defence at the moment. Liverpool is a decent uh, opportunity, but I need to kind of see what's available in terms of. We've heard that Robertson might be out for actually about up to ten weeks now, so Shimakas is a possibility of uh, moving a stupid man to him. 
because I think the bottom not going to be out for much longer. If he misses game week nine, I think he's back for game week 10. And of course, Newcastle are away at Wolves then, so I really do want him. Now, Trippier uh, is is worth pointing out that Newcastle are fifth highest on the season ticker over the next six. I, I haven't got Trippier right now. I think he's a great option. Can I get to him? Not really. I'm quite happy with Salah uh, as the alternative to him. Uh, if you want more of an understanding of why it's Salah versus Trippier right now, go back and watch last week's episode of General's Orders where we compared my no Trippier team with Mark's no Salah team. And it was quite an interesting comparison that seems to be there, the two players that stipulate which uh, path players are gonna, ma- managers are going to pick from. So I can't get to Trippier, and I, and I think getting to Trippier would break my team, and I, I think I just have to accept that I'm not going to have him. So it does mean that my replacements for uh, Botman in the starting eleven, or rather Estupinan, are somewhat limited. But at the same time, do I really want to sell Estupinan either? This is what I mean about do I really want to be making transfers? Brighton, of course, are away at Man City in game week nine. But if Estupinan is back for either Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, or Nottingham Forest away, I want to make sure that I can field him for those fixtures because I think that Brighton will do very well there. Their fixtures are about to swing back in an enormously positive direction which brings me on to um, some other decisions in my team you will of course notice that Mbermo is still there uh, he hasn't uh, done anything I think he's blanked in five of the last six or something crazy like that uh, we did a video on him a couple of weeks ago about what's going on with Brentford and I think that they've suffered a little bit from losing Rico Henry on the left hand side that has stunted uh, the creative output a little bit of course it's uh, stunted their defensive potential as well which sometimes you know conceding goals and the team going one or two nil down can also uh, stunt the creativity moving forward as well so there's, there's there's a little bit of that involved I do however think that this game week against Burnley this is when it's sure it's, it's surely surely get something here I think this is going to be a last chance saloon for Mbermo I think no matter what he does whether he returns or gets nothing next week I'm probably going to be moving him on to a Brighton midfielder probably in the form of uh, Matoma because if we'll just go back to the season ticker I mentioned earlier on about where are the swings here where are the big opportunities for switching my team up and I look at the game week nine fixtures and I really think that it's a case of you've just got to wait one more week before you make a lot of surgery because Brighton for example let's use them again four fantastic fixtures from game week 10 onwards but they've got to get Man City away from home out of the way first now Crystal Palace now I don't have um, sorry I already have a Crystal Palace defender and so I'm not going to be buying one, but in terms of advice for other people, I think you need to have a Crystal Palace defender at some point, but you don't want him in game week 9, you don't want him in game week 10, because that's Newcastle away and Spurs at home, but then Burnley away, Everton at home, Luton away, game weeks 11 through 13, having a Crystal Palace defender is going to be worth having. To be honest, having a Crystal Palace midfielder in that run might also be useful, because it could could just about coincide with when Eze and Elise come back, and they have actually been very, very attacking when they've been able to field Elise, Eze, and um, Odson Edouard in the last few months, back towards the back end of last season and the start of this one. So, you know, I want to be able to make sure that I'm poised and ready to invest there. Um, West Ham is another team. A few people already have Ward Prowse and already have Bowen. I've got in my team, of course, uh, Mbermo, uh, and I've also got Diaby, and I've also got Madison and Son, players who I'm sort of thinking about when can I jump off them when their fixtures get tricky. Well, Crystal Palace, so Crystal Palace uh, hosting Spurs in game week 10, you know, <laughs> 
then it's Chelsea. So those two fixtures are hard for Spurs, um, where uh, West Ham get Everton at home and Brentford away. But West Ham have Aston Villa away in game week nine. So there's just more opportunities to swing towards a better team in game week 10, and not least with Arsenal. They're away to Chelsea in game week nine. They're at home against uh, Sheffield United in game week 10. They're at home against Burnley in game week 12. So Saka is a fantastic captaincy option for game weeks 10 and 12. I don't have him right now. But what I want to bring him immediately back in this week when Son is probably the most likely player that I can get rid of to get Saka back in uh, and of course this week Spurs are at home to Fulham so it means that I just want to try and preserve my team as best I can so that I can have two free transfers to go into next week and make more changes now who those changes might be remains to be seen I need to see the game week nine uh, day to get fed into the pot and then I can make some of those decisions but I'm not ruling out things like an Alvarez to a, a Watkins Son to Saka seems quite likely and Burmo to Matoma seems quite likely we'll see what the prognosis is on Botman for example would I have to maybe you know if he suffers a setback or something would I have to maybe move him to a burn uh, something like that um, we also need to kind of get more of an update from Deserbi on when a Stupinan is going to be back they were talking about a month about two weeks ago I think it was Uh, and so in two weeks time you know we're going to see him perhaps maybe involved in the Fulham game with the Everton game away Um, if he's going to be away for longer than that then he's someone who's got to go and so I just need an opportunity to allow some of my team's uh, decisions just to kind of breathe a bit longer before I make the jump and and I feel very fortunate with the fact that the fixtures are aligned in such a way that there's in my opinion not too much desperation to change things from the way things currently are Flecken's also on the bench he's got a flag as well handily enough Nottingham Forest have a few fixtures uh, over the next few weeks which I'm happy to start Turner in uh, not least uh, at home to Luton in game week nine uh, home to Everton in game week four 14 uh, as well it is going to be a bit tricky between this rotation between now and then it was working really nicely at the start of the season and their fixtures are sort of you know uh, getting a bit stale now if I find myself with a spare transfer here and there I could potentially bring an Areola to rotate uh, with one of them uh, for example or you know I'm not ruling out getting a second Crystal Palace defender um, to be honest in the form of Sam Johnston so there's possibilities there but I'm kind of going on too long now the general point is my team, as it currently stands, as long as Botman is fit, I think is ready for game week nine. And even if you're sat there still with a couple of flags, I think look at your team, have a look at what you could do with it this week and what you could do with it next week. And guaranteed, I think more often than not with with the teams out there, I think there's going to be more opportunity for you to switch things up and really gear towards some big upsides in a, a Saka captaincy in game week 10, for example, um, moving on Son for those two really tricky fixtures to make that happen, or maybe moving on Son to get Salah in for Forest at home, Luton away, when Spurs are play, facing Crystal Palace away, Chelsea at home. You know, really um, chase some upside with your team by chopping and changing a couple of those bigger players. That's going to be easier to do if you've got those two free transfers because some of those moves I mentioned there would require a little bit of surgery. So, yeah, have a think about whether or not you can do that. It's definitely something I'm going to be doing with my team. Now, I always in these videos like to go through some of my favorite stats over the last couple of weeks just to uh, help guide me towards some of these uh, sound decisions. So we'll start off with teams that have been defending well over the last four matches. Newcastle have conceded the fewest big chances of any team in the last four matches, but Chelsea are also joint second best alongside Man City. And that's why when I see Arsenal and Spurs placing them in the next couple of weeks, it does make me feel like my attacking assets against the Blues are going to have a harder time of it than people think. 
I keep saying it, I'm probably a broken record. If you've not already heard me say this, I'm going to say it for your benefit. Chelsea's results this season haven't been great, especially in front of uh, opposition goals. And it's it's kind of masked the fact that defensively they've actually not been too bad. And people who've had Colwell for quite some time have noticed that. Because we've had Chilwell and we've had problems with him and he hasn't got points and he hasn't got uh, clean sheets when his colleagues have, that also masks from the fact that Chelsea defensively haven't haven't really been too bad. So uh, it's definitely worth noting that. Now, in terms of defenders I could switch to, uh, Arsenal have some nice fixtures as well. I could maybe see if I could get Gabriel back in and use him as part of a rotation. I would rather use him as a rota- as a rotating asset because of the way that Arsenal's fixtures run over the next couple of weeks. They've got a hard one and then an easy one and then a hard one and then an easy one. So I don't really want to be starting someone for all of those. But it's nice to see that they are within the top six for fewest big chances conceded over the last four. So it could um, provide some benefit now the defense is to target of course Sheffield United remain one of those so if you've got United players holding on to them is going to be sensible uh, Aston Villa going up against a West Ham defense that has been very very obliging so far Bournemouth Burnley Wolves and Luton complete the bottom six and just going back to my Burmo uh, decision there holding him for this game against uh, Burnley seems quite sensible thing to do because they're in the bottom four for expected goals conceded in the last four let's move on to players now who's been the most creative well as I mentioned before it's either no Trippier or no Salah with most people we uh, on uh, the General's Order show kind of came to the conclusion it's probably much of a muchness because if you have a look at the screen right now they are the two players top of the league for big chances created over the last four it means they're basically as creative as each other Trippier creates more chances than Salah does but in terms of the quality of chances they both create the same uh, Madison and McNeil are level on four apiece and then we've got Anthony Gordon Rashford Palmer and Kuliszewski all on three each a couple of things in there it shows you that Rashford has some decent assist potential because he gets into good positions and creates big chances that's going to be good for you if you're holding him against Sheffield United and some people still having a look at maybe going for um, uh, Gordon or Neto Neto has been more creative across the course of the whole season Gordon has been more creative uh, in his last four let's move on to shots in the box now and once again Rashford still uh, poking his head up above the parapet saying hey what about me? I've got a good fixture coming up this week and I've at least been trying to get some points. Only Watkins has had more shots in the box than Rashford in the last four. Rashford's had the same number as Haaland and of course the big man Carlton Morris as well. Uh, Nunez uh, also worth pointing out he's had more shots in the box than Salah of late we understand that he's back in training after the international break late fixture for Uruguay they won 2-0 against Brazil by the way their first win in that fixture for something like two decades in the World Cup qualifiers so he's in particularly fine fettle having scored in that game uh, and his uh, Premier League underlying statistics have also been very good and Ollie Watkins, of course, topping this chart. 15 shots in a box in the last four. Villa continue to top the season ticker. West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. Spurs away, but then Bournemouth away again. Really nice fixtures for uh, Aston Villa. So if you haven't uh, got a Diaby or a Cash um, or Watkins, you know you need to get one of them fairly soon. Watkins uh, kind of uh, proving himself to be the, the biggest of the goal-scoring threats uh, out of those guys. Now, uh, the accuracy is also in his favour as well. He's had seven shots on target. The former Brentford and Exeter City striker he has had seven level with Isak Son and Callum Wilson and Bruno Fernandes and so just bringing it back round to that Sheffield United fixture if I had Fernandes or Rashford in my team I would be holding them for this game because I do think it's going to end particularly nastily for Sheffield United and therefore provide some points for the Red Devils uh, Harland, Willian, Eze and Gross are the four guys tied on six shots on target each over the last four matches um, haven't really talked about Harland too much in this video or even really talked about much about the captaincy I think I'm fairly settled on having Haaland as the captain for this one bearing in mind that two of the four matches in this run involved Man City really not being at 
their best. And it being very clear that was because Rodri wasn't around. If you want more information on that, I did a video last week on uh, Erling Haaland, yes or no, in our teams and was able to dive down really deep into the impact that Rodri had on the Man City underlying statistics, both as a team, but also for Haaland himself when he was and was not there. And so the fact that across this period, Haaland has had just one shot in his last two and is still in the upper echelons of these goal threat statistics for the four-match period is quite ominous. The fact that despite that uh, dip in the last two, if you look at the season as a whole, he's still absolutely top of the division for shots in the box, big chances and shots on target. He's a huge, huge goal threat. He's ready to explode. Pep is going to be, you know, like a wounded animal whenever Man City lose a game and they've lost two in a row now. You usually come back with a bang. Rodri coming back into the mix is going to make a big, big difference. And Brighton haven't really been too sound defensively this season. So for me, it's a fairly easy one to captain Haaland. Uh, you can see from these two uh, tables here that he is a bigger goal threat than Salah, even though Salah is a bigger assist threat than him. Everton have been improving of late. Uh, we saw uh, that you know Everton weren't in the bottom six for expected goals conceded over the last four anymore, having set themselves up almost paid themselves a mortgage in there in the first four game weeks of the season. There's been some big, big improvements and it's a derby day. Um, I just, I'm a bit nervous. I don't like captain and Liverpool players at home against Everton because you just never know which Toffee's team is going to turn up. And there's just a little bit, there's an inkling at the back of my mind that there's a chance that Everton can come along uh, across uh, Stanley Park and frustrate things. So, yeah, I'm not saying that Liverpool won't destroy them. I'm not saying that Salah isn't going to get a big double-figure haul, but it's all about the probabilities, and I just think there's just a higher probability that um, uh, Haaland is going to smash things up against Brighton than... Um yeah, Salah against Everton. Uh, I've also got Son as well. We've seen him in these charts. Nine shots in the box in the last four. Four big chances, seven on target. Problem here is I'm happy to own him. And so I'm not saying he's a bad asset. But when you're picking your captain, you've got to be ruthless. For me, a home game against Fulham smacks too much of a home game against Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago. We've definitely seen that in away games, uh, Son is going to have more opportunities to shoot his underlying statistics have been better away from home, even if his returns haven't on the whole been as good away from home. But more likely to see him do well away from home against teams that are going to give a little bit of space would be very, very shocked if Fulham don't come to the Spurs stadium, stick everyone behind the ball, deny Spurs the space. Um, Bernd Leno puts in a blinder and Son spends a lot of the game having to drop deep to create chances for himself. That's what we saw with Sheffield United. The, the blueprint is there. Fulham, I think, a better place to deploy it than Sheffield United are because I think they're better defensively. So there's just enough of a niggling doubt at the back of my mind that that could happen for Spurs at home. And so it just makes Haaland uh, rise above those two much more easily. So yeah, that's my captaincy decision for game week nine. I'm not against rotating him for the next couple of weeks. If you want more details on my plans for that, go and watch the latest episode of General's Orders if you've still got time before the deadline because myself and uh, Mark talked about that in uh, great detail. So yeah, do go and check that out. Um, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, uh, time is running out on your opportunity to get 30% off on the preseason prices for Fantasy Football Scout membership. Um, go and have a look. At, uh, there's a link in the description and also go to the website as well. Have a look at the different packages and pick one uh, that is right for you. But with that, I shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the last of your preparation for Game Week 9 and I shall see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>